Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish Alabama or in the deep south, you know that it's different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, food sources, they ain't the same down here as in other parts of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern Outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Noble's, Books a Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Brian Sin. Thank you for joining us today on the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Man, got changes in the weather uh, across the state of Alabama right now. It's, uh, it's time. It is time for a change, time for those temperatures to start cooling off a little bit not just in the air but in the water as well and man i don't know about you guys but i am really looking forward to see how that has affected the fishing this week and kind of what the outlook is for the next couple of weeks of how things are changing in our in our lakes around the state of alabama so hey let's get right to it segment one we're going to do the coosa talapusa report with captain joey nanio joey what's going on buddy Oh, not much, man. Glad to be on. Yeah, glad to have you on, man. I know you've been been a busy guy this summer, had a lot going on, out of town a good bit, but it sounds like you're you're back at least for until the end of the week this week. And you've been doing uh doing a little guiding on Logan Martin. Yeah, I have. I I guided on Logan Martin this past week and fished a tournament on Logan and then also on Lay Lake. And the fishing is definitely not easy right now, you know being that kind of September transition, there's always a, a tough stretch, it seems like, in the late summer. And that's just typical bass fishing. But there's still ways to get out there and catch them for sure. Yeah, well, you you, you were, uh, were telling me before we started recording, you did you did good in a tournament last weekend. I guess it was last weekend? Yeah, it was last Saturday. We, uh, my buddy Zeke Gossett and I fished the God is Bigger tournament. And uh, we ended up getting the win out of about 80 boats, which was really cool, and got nitro bonus money, which is always nice. So Heck you get, yeah. you know, if you buy a nitro, if they're within four years old, you get signed up for their bonus. And it's actually a seven grand bonus for, for the nitro bonus now, which is really awesome. That's always, always a nice thing. Makes it, makes a Saturday win even better. You know, explain that to me. What's the, how do you sign up for the, what, what explain that to me, that bonus? How does that work in these it's tournaments? It's their tournament rewards. Yeah. So the nitro, it's their nitro tournament rewards. And, uh, if, so if the, if it's a sanctioned event, so there's a lot of those, you know, Bassmaster Opens are, of course, and like the ones I fish and then the Elite Series and all the professional tournaments are. But then they also will give that $7,000 bonus for certain tournaments locally and statewide and across the country if they have over 60 boats is one of the qualifications. And so since this one had 80, it qualified and then they were they were already signed up with the tournament rewards. So you win out of a Nitro and you get paid. And then if you get the highest placing like if you're inside the top 10 and you're the highest placing nitro finisher, you get 500, even if you don't win. But if you win it, you get the the grand prize. Heck awesome. yeah, man. Nice that is awesome. That yeah. That's a nice yeah, little bonus very, very on cool. top of the first place check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was my, luckily that was my third one of the year. So I've had a very, very blessed season. It's been a good, 
good year so far and i still have three big professional events coming up i've got one at lake norman next week and then smith lake here in alabama uh, about three weeks two weeks after that and then go to grand lake in oklahoma to finish out the bassmaster open series so i'm ready to get my tournament grind going heck yeah man well good luck on those you got a good start this yeah, past weekend and, and i know you'll do good in those other ones yeah that's man that's that's exciting stuff and and um you know so we are like you said we're kind of in a kind of in that transition time of the year but you know what are the fish doing right now i mean you know let's let's talk about the tournament a little bit as far as yeah i mean i first of all you and zeke in the boat together that's a pretty daggum deadly combination on logan martin right there <laughs> so i am not surprised that either one of you would win it by yourself, but fishing as a team together, man, uh, y'all, y'all gotta be hard to beat on that lake. We fish good together and we've, I've been fishing with Zeke since he was like 14, I think, or 13. And I, when I first moved here when I was 19. And so we've been fishing together now for like 11 years. And so we know how each other, you know, how we, how each other fishes and how each other thinks. And we, we just make good decisions and we both are very relaxed individuals. We don't get spun out or stressed out. We always have a good game plan and we make good adjustments and, fish good together it's almost always if we win a tournament we you know we catch equal numbers of fish and like this tournament he weighed in three of them and i weighed in two you know how it goes we just work really well together and having a good partner like that that you understand and you get along just being you know best friends together which is it really helps out there on the water you want to have no animosity when you're trying to win a tournament you don't want to be frustrated or stressed or not trusting what the other person's decision making is so that helps us out a lot and then zeke is a really good river fisherman and i've learned a lot about river fishing from him and then just fishing on my own on the Coosa. And so really it seems like across the Coosa river system from Neely Henry, all the way down to Jordan, the river fishing is the best right now fishing up in the river. And that's just cause you have current. And luckily we've had these big rains over the past uh, several weeks. And I know big rains and hurricanes and tropical storms are very devastating in their own ways, but they also bring life to the river systems and uh, make some different patterns really good and makes it so they're at least running good current all day long. And that's kind of what we've been capitalizing on. You can catch fish on the bottom ends of these lakes on deep schools a little bit. And then on brush piles, like 15 to 20 foot or anywhere from 10 to 20 foot brush piles. And then also flipping docks and skipping a net rig around docks is a good way to just get bites. But it's just hard to catch that average size to get up to the 13 to 15 pound range, which we had 15, 35 to win the tournament, all spots. And we did, we caught those in the river doing a, a multiple different patterns, fishing current seams and current breaks made by rocks and things like that. And then also fishing, uh, flipping laydowns and flipping the bank and fishing stump rows and stuff like that as well. So just river fishing and current fish and the water's nice and dirty across the Coosa. If, if anyone's been yeah. out there recently, you know the water's got good color to it. And that typically means there's going to be fish shallow as well. So the shallow river bites been pretty good. And we actually had a guy, I had to catch up on Logan today and we had about 13 pounds running that similar river pattern. And then also caught a couple of good ones flipping and doing that kind of thing. So it hasn't been a terrible week to go fishing. That's for sure. It's always better than sitting at home or doing something different. So it's well, nice and it always, there. you know, it, it, it always amazes me, Joey, how, and, and it's so interesting to hear how you guys change what you're doing, you know, depending on what the fish are doing and what the current's doing and what the mm-hmm. watercolor is. And, and, you know, cause I'm, I picture you and Zeke both, you know, as, as going and, and fishing the main lake, you know, fishing points right now and, uh, and, and some shallower too, you know, maybe early, mm-hmm. what is it 
that makes you go, okay, we need to get out to Main Lake and we got to go to the river. Yeah, it, it really comes from just experience. And the more you do it, the more you know. And the, like, you know, now this being my 11th year here in Alabama, I've seen the adjustments and I've seen the phases of the fish for 11 years now. And it's not always at the exact same timing, but just just about they do the same thing every year. You know, they're going to they're going to change and move in the same ways. And the certain places that they always get are going to be typically good again. I mean, there are exceptions to that. Sometimes you'll have a place that you just kill them on for a whole year a deep school or whatever it is, a current break. And then the next year you hardly get a bite there. And it might, you might go several years without catching them there. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't really think it's a pressure thing. I don't know why they decide not to use an area, but it's just, it's one of those deals, but we just have seen these transitions happen and we've got the time on the water and the knowledge and the experience to be able to see these transitions happening and know like, Hey, if it's September, the fishing on the bottom end of the lake is really tough. You can go catch maybe 30 fish in a day on docks and brush piles, but you're not going to catch over 12 pounds very easily, unless you catch a big giant one, you know? And so that's kind of what makes our decision-making come together is knowing like, Hey, we, I spent a day on the bottom end guiding, caught about 30 fish, but didn't have very much weight at all. And, and just knowing like, Hey, let's, let's jam on up into the river and run up there and, and go catch them. It's not that the fish have left the lower end of the lake. The fish are still there. It's just that the fishability and the catchability of the fish that you want to catch is better on the river fish. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that one thing that does that, a lot of fish will suspend in this time of year. And that's something I really want to get out on Logan Martin and go chase the suspended fish in the late summer. Cause all winter long, I killed them out suspended, um, fishing out over 30 feet of water, 10 to 20 feet down below the boat and casting at them with the forward facing sonar and catching them on a little bait. I call it Ned Meeky which is a Z-Man Streaks 375 on a, a finesse-sized jig head. And it's a 316th ounce bait, and I chase roaming schooling fish, not really even schooling fish, but just roaming fish that are suspended all day long in the wintertime. That's really what I did last year to catch a ton of fish. I caught thousands of fish doing that all over the Coosa River system. It was a lot of fun. And it's something that not a lot, those fish normally don't see bait. So I, I really do feel like on the bottom ends of these lakes, they're just so big and open, and you got all these creeks, and you got all this, you got all the docks up shallow and you got all the brush piles and you got all the humps and you got the points. And then you do have some current out on the main lake and schools. And then I think a lot of the fish just suspend and roam around on bait. And it's just, they're a little bit tougher to catch like that. And so, like you said, the catchability is the biggest deal. You get up in the rivers and you might have a, a river that's only 300, 400 yards wide. And all you have is rocks out in the river. You got your trees and stumps and laydowns, which are always good. And some rock banks and a few docks and current and that's about it you know right so there's yeah. less places for them to hide and there's less of that suspending and that weird funk that they go through on the bottom ends of a lot of lakes explain that bait that you were catching those suspended fish mm -hmm. on explain what was it again yeah it's almost like a swim bait it's i call it the ned meeky and really what it was originated was the demeeky rig and it was made as a wintertime bait for vertical fishing on them and once the forward-facing sonar came out, I really started killing them on that thing. And so in the wintertime, I'll throw it out there. And this time of year, too, I catch them on it as well. But I throw it out there, and the key is keeping it above the fish because it looks like a shad. And so it's pretty much – the Streaks 375 is like a baby fluke uh, pretty much. And then I throw it on that 316-ounce jig head that's got the eyes on it. It's called a finesse eyes jig head by Z-Man. And I throw it on a spinning rod with 10-pound braided line to a 10-pound fluorocarbon leader. And I can cast it good. And it's just a super versatile bait. And one thing about the Coosa River and really anywhere in the South or across the country is 
fish and bass in general eat small bait fish you know there's a lot of times they're not always chasing big giant shad or crawdads or bluegills they eat a lot of small bait fish um, like shad or whatever type of bait fish you have if you live in other parts of the country obviously it's predominantly shad here but it's just a perfect imitator of a, of a real fish and a lot of people will throw swim baits in those situations but this is you kind of throw it like you would a swim bait you cast it out there and wind it back and and i'll kind of twitch it and jiggle it as i'm winding it back but it's just a more subtle version of a swim bait if you ever look at a fish swim in the water their tail's not kicking wildly like a swim bait boot tail kicks you know mm-hmm. and so i think that little subtle swimming action is just something special that they don't see a whole lot of and i've got a lot of confidence in it and it catches big fish so i like it a lot so two questions surrounding that. And, and one is you said that you use 10, 10 pound braided mm-hmm. line, uh, tied to, uh, fluorocarbon. So mm-hmm. what's the purpose of that? Why, why mm-hmm. do you, why don't you just have 10 pound braided line or why don't you just have fluorocarbon? Why do you combo yeah. it? And then how much of the braid do you have ahead of the fluorocarbon? Well, so the braid is, uh, the main line and the fluorocarbon is the leader. Okay. And uh, so what we do is we got the, the 10 pound braid just casts a lot better than throwing straight fluorocarbon. And so if you ever try to throw fluorocarbon on a spinning reel or mono, it's going to start getting twists in it. It's going to get looped up and braid doesn't twist like that very bad. And you can just cast it a lot farther. That 10 pound braid might be four pound test diameter uh, as far as what fluorocarbon would be. So you can get a lot longer cast with it. You can really throw it out there. And then you have still the invisibility of the fluorocarbon on there and a little bit of extra stretch for, you know, hooking those fish and not pulling the bait out of their mouth and that kind of thing. So I, I run about an eight foot fluorocarbon leader on a full spool of braid mainline. And I use the vicious no fade yellow braid. And that yellow braid is really nice for detecting bites and just seeing the line jump and that kind of thing too. You'll get, you'll detect a few extra bites because of that. You can see it with that yellow no fade. And it's just the perfect system for it. I use a seven foot medium light uh, or seven one medium light TFO tactical elite spinning rod. And I use the Bass Pro Shops 3000 Johnny Morris Platinum Signature Reel. And that's my that's my go to for my Ned Meeky, for my typical Ned rig that I throw a lot. And then if I throw a wacky rig and that kind of stuff or a drop shot, I throw that same rod. It's just a perfect all around balanced rod for doing that. So when do you that's, dis- my, that's my go to? The, the purpose of the spinning rod is to be able to throw lighter stuff and 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 i'm and i'm 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 asking i'm not making a comment here yeah but when when you decide okay i'm going to put the bait caster down and pick a spinning rod up is it because you're wanting to throw lighter tackle yeah you want to be able to throw lighter line and you want to be able to have your drag set looser you know where you can set the hook and it's going to strip a little bit where and then they can run and fight and pull on that light line and it just it really makes a big difference i love i feel like a lot of people especially down here in the south i've ran into a lot of people that just can't stand throwing spinning rods and all they throw is a bait caster that's it and that's fine but i'm really fortunate that i learned how to use a spinning rod in an early age i didn't start throwing a bait caster until i was like 11 and it was it's really important for me to be able to use both i mean they're just they're both tools and if you watch any professional fishing circuit there are certain baits you throw with a bait caster. You normally your heavier baits and your heavier line techniques, and they cast heavier baits farther than a spinning rod can. But if you're throwing really light stuff and you want to finesse those fish, your sensitivity and your feel and your castability and the ability to hook those fish and get your drag set right to not lose them is just way better with a spinning rod. So it's something that every fisherman really should get comfortable. Get you a good spinning rod setup with the right braid on it. 
and a good reel and all that stuff. And then you'll really learn to fall in love with it. And it's just a tool that I always keep several of them in the boat, ready to go. Man, that, that is a great, uh, that's some great insight on that. Yeah. Definitely. So let's get back in the river real quick. And so when you're, when you're fishing the river, uh, like guiding yesterday, you're back up in the river, uh, you're fishing, lay down stumps, mm-hmm. you know, rocks, things like that. What are you, what were you fishing with? up there um Um, yeah so the main thing i throw if i'm fishing shallower stuff and the laydowns and the stumps and offshore stuff is i throw a a finesse jig because a lot of those fish up in the river eat crawdads as well as the shad and so i throw a finesse jig a lot and then i do throw that that ned meeky still some um, but i also like throwing a crankbait and that kind of stuff offshore up there like a deep diving crankbait and hitting those offshore rock piles and then, uh, you know, weightless baits can work good too on super shallow current places, like a weightless fluke style bait, mm-hmm. but there's, there's so many different ways to catch them. And you really, I mean, I even caught fish on a jackhammer today, throwing a three quarter ounce chatterbait jackhammer on offshore stuff, like, or current stuff, you know, current rock piles and stuff like that. And then I caught really my favorite thing I got to do today was using the pan optics, just going down the bank and flipping laydowns. And so laydowns are obvious. You can see them falling off the bank or up near the shore, but there's, a lot of the time you'll see like one stick up of a tree coming up out of the water or something, you know? And I used to, used to have to guess and be like, Oh, where's the stump on that tree? Mm-hmm. And so now I'll take that finesse jig and I'll shine my light, my Garmin live scope over there. And I can see exactly where the stump is of the tree and the stump of the tree obviously is the biggest part of the tree, the root ball and the stump. And so if you can find where that root ball is, that's normally the part that's going to be holding the fish. And so I'll spend a lot of time when I'm going down the bank, I'll be flipping the obvious stuff. And then I'll just always in front of me, I'm always looking to see if there's a rock out off the bank or to see if there's a, you know, a stump or that kind of thing. And I caught several fish today on stuff that I never would have made that exact cast. You know, I might've been fishing around it, but I wouldn't have made that cast and watched my jig fall down into the crack here, you know, into the, onto that piece of structure and caught them. So when that's a really, really big key for me. When you're fishing like that, I mean, you're just flipping, you're flipping what you see, you're flipping structure, you're flipping things that you see, obviously, or are you only casting to the fish that you're seeing on the panoptics? Well, when, so if a fish is tight to structure or holding up in a tree or something, there's so much clutter going on. And the, you know, as far as just, you're looking at this kind of mass of stuff down there and you got current and that kind of thing. And so you don't always see the fish, but you make pinpoint casts that are hitting exactly where that three foot by three foot stump is. Mm. And you're flushing your bait. You're landing not past it and dragging it to it, but you're landing, you know, within a foot or two of it, just past it. And you're letting it fall and it's going to sink down and hit right into that stump and lock into the stump. And then you can twitch it over it and let it fall down the backside. And so then a lot of the time, once you get a bait to the piece of cover, you'll see the fish move or react to it. You might see them like chase up over and come down on it. And then you're waiting for the bite at that point or shaking it or something, trying to get them to eat it. But it really just helps to be able to make no cast wasted. You know, I really don't ever waste a cast anymore. Hardly. So I'm not throwing and not, if, I'm not chasing individual fish all the time. Cause there's, if you put that stuff in one of these Coosa river lakes, you're going to see fish from the time you put the troll motor into the time you quit. And from all over the lake, there's fish swimming around, but the bass are going to be holding on structure normally, unless they're suspended around bait. So you're looking at the exact key structures that the fish are going to be sitting on. And then you're, you know, presenting a cast to it. That's going to hit right on top of those or where those fish are sitting. So it's just the whole deal. And then also like, say you're back in the day, you'd be going or a year and a half ago, I'd be going down the bank and I'd throw out there in front of the boat and I'd catch a fish. I'm like, Oh, I'm random, you know? 
And now it's like, oh, I know exactly what that fish was sitting on. I know why it was there. I know it's you not know, random anymore. It yeah. Fish it again. There's yeah, there's very little randomness to it, which is a huge thing in fishing. There used to be so much guesswork and so much having to use your imagination. And that's a cool thing about fishing. Um, but it's nice to be able to have that <laughs> with, you know, that tool where you don't have to guess anymore. And one thing I like doing is like I go on these vacations. I went to Washington to my parents' house uh, for three weeks with the family. And we just got back from that last week. And one of the cool things is I don't take my boat there. And so I'm using my dad's old aluminum boat with just a basic 12 volt trolling motor, foot pedal trolling motor on it and very limited graphs and no forward facing sonar. So it's good. It's good to turn it off every once in a while, I'd say, and just go fishing and fish with feel and not always be looking at that. And uh, it's, it's just more challenging but then when you get home it makes you really appreciate yeah. <laughs> having the, the live scope so it's a lot of fun either either way fishing's fun but it does help for sure to be able to see what you're casting at yeah no doubt cast. man it's, it's been one of the biggest game changers i'm sure and i don't know yeah. maybe the biggest game changer in the last decade of fishing so yeah, even this spring when I won the Pickwick Open, I won the Bassmaster Open at Pickwick, and that was all, I mean, it wasn't all live scope, but it was a, a lot of the fish I was catching. I was looking for the tall spots in the underwater grass out in 10 feet of water, and I was looking for pieces of wood that were mixed in with the grass and stumps, and just things you would never be able to make a pinpoint cast and hit. So it made it so I was always focused in. I was always looking for the next piece of cover or structure to hit, and I just, it, it all worked out because of that. So it's definitely a game changer man phenomenal well that's good stuff man yeah. great information helps everybody catch more fish yeah that's what there. it's all about man that's what this show is all about and i appreciate you being a contributor on here and man you you're just a wealth of knowledge and, and love having you on the show and you you share it so well and just and just describe what you're doing so well so thank you for that but before i let you get out of here you know i got to get a tip of the week for you from you so if somebody's coming to coosa river system this weekend what would your tip be I'd say stay open-minded because there's fish from two feet deep to 20 feet. And uh, I really, I don't think having, you know, bait selection is not extremely important, except I would say finesse fishing is really, really is, is key right now. Fishing smaller baits, whether it's that little three eighth ounce cross-size power finesse jig for docks and brush and stumps and laydowns, or if it's fishing that little, like a little Ned rig or a Ned Meeky like I've been talking about today. I mean, that's just one of those things to me, I think finessing and downsizing, especially with how heavily pressured all of the Coosa River lakes are at this yeah. point and all the lakes across the South. Fish have seen so many big crankbaits and so many big spinnerbaits and big lures. And I just feel like this time of year when they're a little finicky, downsizing is definitely an important thing. We got to get us a spinning rod <laughs> reel <laughs> set up. <laughs> yeah, like if you buy a spinning rod, and you skip under a dock with a Ned rig, like a one-tenth ounce Ned rig on Logan Martin. I mean, I, the fishing's tough, but you're going to catch fish. So that's one of those things that just, it just catches a lot of fish. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, hey, you know, if somebody wants to come book a trip with you, obviously, guys, y'all can listen to Joey on here and tell that he's uh, just an incredible wealth of knowledge and knows these lakes and how to catch fish on them so well. So if somebody wants to book a trip with you, and uh, come catch a lot of fish and learn a lot at the same time. What's the best way for me to get in touch with you, Joey? Yeah, man, I'm really blessed to do what I love for a living. And if if uh, anyone wants to go out and learn, I've got a ton of time open in November and December and January, February. And that's a great time of year to fish as well. I'm pretty booked up in October, but uh, they can reach me through my email or through my website, which is joeyfishing.com. I have a contact request form on there. 
And then I'm on social media um, at Joey Fishing on Instagram and at Joey Fishing on Facebook. And then I also have a YouTube page too, so people can comment and watch my videos. I've really been putting in a lot of time on the YouTube side of things. So it's just Joey Fishing on YouTube, Joey Space Fishing. So if you guys want to check out the videos too, I'd really appreciate it. And just let me know if you want to get out on the water. Absolutely, man. Well, look, Joey, I, it takes me 26 minutes to get to Logan Martin. So don't don't go by yourself <laughs> is all I'm saying. If you don't have anybody <laughs> right, to go with you, let me know. And I, it takes me 26 minutes to get there. Yeah, and uh, fight my son Zeke for the spot, but <laughs> right. I know. I know. He'd be, he'd be right. out to fight him for it. But hey, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Be safe out there and good uh good luck in the next few weeks on those tournaments. And uh all right, thank you. Go win them, brother. All right, I appreciate it. Have a great one. Talk to you soon, man. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and hear from one of this week's sponsors. MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA with durability and convenience in mind. MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by... The hunting exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the hunting exchange steps in. Hunting exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. Welcome back, guys. Hey, great segment. I uh, loved hearing Joey talk about the uh, the lighter tackle and the spinning rod and using the braid and the fluorocarbon combination. That was uh, meant a lot of good stuff in that segment right there. But let's get on to segment number two. Love having this guy on up in the Tennessee River, Pickwick, Ty Cox. Ty, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man. How are y'all today? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, enjoying some, uh, enjoying a little bit cooler weather anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's the same with us. I'm proud for the cooler weather, and I know the fish likes it too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, let's talk about that part of it. I know you've been been hammering them up at Pickwick the last week or so. Oh uh, yeah, the last couple of weeks has been good. I know, like a, the last time I talked with y'all, you know, fishing was a little bit tough. But I want to be honest. I think it's about two two weeks ago we got a little cool spell about all week, and I mean it just it really made a big difference. I mean you could tell the difference fishing that week and the prior weeks. Um, the fish got more active, started busting on shad and bait fish, and really uh it, it seemed like it turned in more of the fall bite which is a better bite that's a good thing yeah way better yeah yeah so what's the so so how are you you know you're transitioning out of summer 
bite into the fall bite what are the fish doing and kind of how are you how are you going about finding them and catching them uh just to be honest it's kind of different on pitwick this year because we don't have we don't have near the grass that we've had in previous years but it seems like when you find the grass you find the fish like i said uh the bait fish i mean anywhere you can find bait fish right now has got fish on them we're catching them the majority of the numbers is on a chatterbait and uh we're catching some dragging a worm through the grass and then uh there's one area of the lake this guy there's not much topped out grass but where there is topped out grass you can catch some fish and you know frog flipping stuff like that Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you another thing that we started doing the last past week is started going up behind Wilson Dam and smallmouth fishing. So the smallmouth, the smallmouth deal is about to turn on pretty wide open too. So Yeah, that's Looking what I hear, man. Down. I know that's that the, always, that, that's that, kind of that's a fall time thing, right? Way. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something we look forward to every year. Now, do you do the, uh, do you go to live bait for the smallmouth this time um, of year? I will, I will do live bait, but I, I'll be honest, there's some days that they bite artificial better. I know people people's going to think that's crazy, but it's true. And right now, it's still a little bit too hot for live bait because it's hard to keep them alive when mm-hmm. it's hot to you. So I think it's still a little bit early for the live bait, but, I mean, we're we're definitely within a couple weeks of it. Good deal, man. That's an exciting time. I, I definitely want to come up there this year and – no, uh, I've never done the live it's bait. A time like I mean, there's days that you can't you can't beat it, you know. Um, but I mean, don't get me wrong. Now the artificial's still good too. When you're fishing artificial for them, what 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 are you using? Man, I'm gonna be anything. Honestly, you can use anything that drags the bottom. I mean, me and another one of my buddies that's a guide. We went out the other day and we literally we drifted jigs tube shaky heads i mean ned rigs any of that stuff you can drift and you can catch them and that's all you do you throw it out there and you just drift it you just let you just let the boat do the work the boat and the current you hold on why do you do it that way versus throwing out there and reeling because you just want to stay connected well, to the bottom and that helps you stay yeah, connected you, you want to keep your bait on the bottom if you're not ticking rocks you're not going to get bit and that's a lot to do, you know, like we, I always said a quarter ounce is the magic weight, but every now and then the current will kick up, you know, just a little bit higher than normal. And you got to use like a heavier weight, like a three eighths or something like that. But you want that bait ticking them rocks. And the deal with the drifting is, I mean, there's not, there's not a select spot when they, when them smallmouth get up there and them drifts, I mean, they're liable to be. Uh, I don't know. I mean, hundreds of yards areas that they can be, and you just let your boat go with the current, and you'll pick one up, and you'll take him off, and you'll throw back out there, and you might drift another ten yards, you might drift another two hundred yards before you get another bite. I mean, there's just there's so much rock in that area of the lake behind the dam. There's not a select spot. You just answered my next question. I was going to ask: Are you looking for? When you're doing this, are you are you like looking for eddies to like drift over, or are you looking yeah. for rock piles, or are you just going up there where the current is, throwing that sucker out and just drifting because there's enough rock under there where they could be anywhere? Man, I, I'm gonna be honest. I've tried to target just spots and like trying to figure out a pattern of how to reduplicate it, but I'm gonna be honest. The more I do it, the more I figure out it's just you can do it anywhere. Now, every now and then you will find like. You will find a little area in the drift 
that you seem to get more bites than other areas. Like when me, me and one, me and Cameron went the other day, we caught two right there back to back, and he said, "Look at you know, look at my waypoints." He said, "That's where we caught several last year that I waypointed." So they relate, and and what it was is that it's probably just a bigger boulder there or something that had yep. more of an eddy on it. But as far as actually pulling up spot lock and making the same cast over and over, it's none of that. No. I got you. How well, how's the pressure? I mean, I know that a lot of people. Uh, you know look forward to the fall to go up there and do this you know uh, it's start it, of course it's not a few more it weeks hasn't wide yeah. open. it hasn't kicked wide open yet so during the weeks it's not bad at all the weekends is a little bit more boats but it's it's one of them deals where there's so many places you can do it i mean you've got a you've got a five mile stretch of the river right there that you could absolutely do it anywhere so it's not like you're crowded you know what I'm saying? So you just, you see, start, I was thinking that you were literally maybe that first half a mile or, or quarter oh, of a mile below the dam. Oh, no, you can, you can literally do it anywhere from the actual dam to, and there's some places on past seven mile island you can do it. Wow. Um, it's a big area you can do it in. So, and that's good though, because it keeps the boats, you know, not on top of each other. Sure. Absolutely. Man, that's, that'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, it's a it's a bias, that's for sure. And y'all catch some pretty big ones too, don't you? Yeah. Um. The other day, which we've been two or three times. The other day, I'm gonna say the biggest one we caught was a three pounder. But I know me and Cameron was talking, and he actually had a trip up there the other day that they made one drift on, and they caught three on the first drift they made. They, they tripled up, and every one of them was a four to five pounder. So. There's some big ones caught. Up wow. Kind of what's your setup as far as rod, reel, line? I mean, how, how how do you set this up? On my shaky head, on the shaky head and the Ned rig, I like to put mine on a, a spinning rod, a hammer seven-foot medium-heavy spinning rod with a, about a 2,500 or 3,000 size spinning reel. I, I like the Shimano. You know, that's just what I prefer, but – the uh, 2,500, 3,000 size spinning reel. Fill that sucker up with about 20 pound braid and put you. A lot of people use a 10. I like to use 12 just because it's so rocky. Just a 12 pound fluorocarbon leader. And you uh, tie your shaky head on there. And uh, I like to put just a little creature bait on it. You know, something just very simple. And uh, on my jigs, when I drift a jig or a tube, I like to drift. I actually drift those on bait casters and i use uh i use like a seven foot or seven foot three just a heavy action rod um and i drift usually 15 pound test fluorocarbon on those good stuff man that's good to know all right let's talk about let's get off the 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 smallmouth just for a second go back to the bass you're using a lot of chatterbaits right now Mm -hmm. yes sir chatterbaits has probably been the most productive on the lower end of the lake as we call it and you're fishing back up in the shallow areas? Yeah, back in back in creeks. I mean, there's some main lake flats and stuff like that that also just, if you can find bait fish, there's going to be fish around. But a lot of the, a lot of times we're fishing a lot of places where if we don't see no bait fish, we're not getting bit, you know. So I definitely think it has to have the, the bait fish on it. 
Right. And so that's one of the things when you go into these shallower pockets and stuff, you're looking for the bait fish. Is I mean, you're looking for bass action and stuff as well, but mm-hmm. you're keeping your eye out the whole time looking for bait fish. And if you don't see any signs of bait fish, probably a pretty good chance. There ain't going to be a whole lot of bass there. Yeah, there's not going to be much activity happening in those areas. You're correct. So you're just looking for, you know, the little, the mm-hmm. little, um, yeah. The and little it don't have to be a of, lot of movement. Yeah. Yeah. The little pods. I mean, that's what a lot of people, you know, a lot of people look for the schooling fish. If you can find just a few little bait fish flickering, that usually, I mean, there's something down there making them do that. You know, right. they, you might not actually see the fish come to the surface, but usually there's a couple fish under them eating them. So, so always keep always keep your eyes open. Yeah. Does it seem to make a difference with color when you're fishing with you know like the chatterbaits this time of year? I want to say no, but I always throw something white. So I mean, I guess it does. Just <laughs> you don't want to go out there and throw no red chatterbait or no brim color chatterbait. You know, you know some silver chartreuse, a white white chartreuse, white silver, something in that that neighborhood. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Makes makes sense. Well, that's good stuff, man. So y'all been uh, the bass fishing's been pretty good though. It sounds like you're it's picked yeah, up it's, and you're catching uh, them. Yeah, it's picked up a good bit. I've uh, it's been it's an, been an enjoyable couple of weeks, that's for sure. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I know you uh, I know you working today and selling some rods and uh, and that's always a good thing too, man. So mm-hmm. um, t- tell me that tell us that rod company again that you that y'all have. Be uh, hammer fishing rods. Hammer fishing hammer rods. Fishing rods. Yep. And yep, where can people find them. those again? Uh, online. You can find them online on our website at hammerrods.com or Tackle Warehouse or Tackle Trap. Uh, those are those are the two are two big online retailers. Um, around here in Florence, you can find them at uh, around Florence, you can find them at Gray's Tackle, and then over at Gunnersville at Waterfront. Everybody knows where Waterfront if they've been at Gunnersville. Yeah. So, uh, um gto tackle trap like i said over there um we just i mean we got retailers spread all over the south uh good man marks outdoors and marks outdoors in birmingham they're a good one for us heck yeah Yeah. that's awesome well if somebody wants to contact you and well before i get to that even man you know i can't let you get out of here without getting the tip of the week so if somebody's coming up Mm -hmm. there end of this week this weekend to pickwick what would your tip be go catch some fish um if they're going largemouth fishing on the lake end definitely definitely be around the bait fish um if you're not seeing much activity with the bait fish then you probably need to switch areas um if you're going smallmouth fishing make sure how dependent on the current um make sure your bait's on the bottom if uh if you ain't if you ain't bumping that bottom you ain't gonna get bit good stuff man love it all right buddy well, if somebody wants to come book a trip with you and catch somebody smallmouth or even bass fish, whatever they mm-hmm. whatever they're looking to do on the Pickwick area there, they're gonna learn a lot from you and they're gonna catch some fish. So what's the best way for them to contact you, Ty? They can call me on my cell phone, be which my number is six six two eight nine one zero one zero four or on Facebook at my uh, my charter page, which is First Flight Outdoors LLC on Facebook. You can send me a message there, or I have some people even email me. My email is tycox, T-Y-C-O-X, at hammerrods.com. So those are those are the three best ways to get a hold of me. Good deal, man. Well, y'all reach out to Ty, 
and uh, book a trip with him and man, get up there and take advantage of what's fixing to happen at Pickwick with this small mouth bite right now. I know I'm planning on doing it myself, so I'm looking forward to getting up there. Ty, man, we appreciate your time. Love having you on and being part of the show, man. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for letting me get on with y'all. I certainly enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Take care. Yep, you too. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up another great segment. Y'all take just a minute. Check out some of the businesses that keeps this show free to you each and every week. SunSouth, from outdoors equipment, parts, services, accessories, SunSouth has you covered. Own the best for less. Visit SunSouth or SunSouth.com for quality John Deere equipment. SunSouth, for those that do. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. I've always wanted to learn how to hunt and fish, but I didn't know where to begin. OutdoorAlabama.com helped me get started, and that's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. You can even sign up for classes to help you become a successful hunter or angler. Now I'm confident in the woods or on the water. What are you waiting for? Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt. Go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Welcome back, guys, for another great segment here. Hey, appreciate Ty on that last segment. Uh, man, that's smallmouth fishing up there with live bait and gunnersful. That sounds like a lot of fun. Urge you guys to uh, try to book a trip and get that done. I know I'm on to it myself, so smallmouth live bait. Sounds like fun, but let's get on to the third segment. Let's go all the way to the other end of the state or almost all the way for our Ufala West Point report with Clayton Bass. Clayton, my brother, what's going on? Oh, what's that? And just got out the lake, got me some Willie T's, and now I'm back here at the lake house getting ready to run a double trip tomorrow. That's what I'm talking about, a double tomorrow. So you got one book for the morning, one for the afternoon. Yes, sir. That'd be my, this will be my seventh trip this week. Good gracious, man. That's some, that is awesome. Well, I, they, you, they must be booking with you right now for a dang good reason. Yeah, they're biting pretty good right now, catching a bunch offshore and had a couple uh, clients want to go catch some on a frog. We've been catching some on a frog in the river and around some grass and pads and stuff. You don't get as many bites doing that, but still a bunch of people like watching those fish come up and explode on that frog. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, and I know me and you, we've talked enough on here, and I think all of our listeners by now probably know you You love that offshore fishing, and it seems like it's been just as good as ever at Ufala this year. I wonder what makes it different than some of the other lakes in the state, because it's not been the case. The offshore bite this year was probably not as good as it's been in the past, ended quicker than it has in the past. So what is it about Ufala that makes it so good of an offshore bike that's just what you follow has always been known for even back in the heyday with tom Mann and everybody but i mean i think one thing that helps our fish is when they get done spawning i mean there's not much but i mean there is some willow grass and stuff like that up shallow but we don't have any hydrilla millpole anything and there's a, most of the pads have been killed up near the bank right now and there's not much for them to get on up there so they have to come out and get on something and they'll either stop on some of that brush you know uh, mid-depth stuff or they'll come on out to the ledges and get out there in schools on ledges or in the timber how's the current i mean y'all got a lot of current there compared to i don't know compared to other lakes no we don't have as much as like just stuff on the tennessee river up there and stuff but we have enough to you know to make them get on out there 
Okay. But you just have certain lakes that are known for certain things, and Eufaula is just one of those. I mean, it's known as an offshore lake, always has been and always will be. Yeah, it's just what it is. What well, is it? How long will that bite last? Is it, I mean, I know that you can probably catch them offshore year round, but I mean, right now we're, we're going into the fall, water temperatures cooling off, things are changing. Do you look for those fish? And I know you mentioned y'all fishing with a frog some, but is there a certain type of year? Are we approaching that type of year where you see more fish start moving back up or will you stay offshore? I'll stay offshore just because, I mean, they're going to feed offshore just like they do on people catching them on flats and stuff. And then they're going to feed up out there to get ready for winter, just like a shallow fish will. And here there's resident, just like any other, like there's resident shallow fish and there's resident deep fish. There's some fish on this lake that never go shallow. I mean, they'll go up that mid-depth to spawn, and then they'll go right back out. They don't even go to the bank. Huh. It's just who they are. Yep. As it does get cooler, like right now, we're having to catch them dragging, football jig, big worm, um, drop shot, things like that. And as the water does start to cool, they'll start eating some of those bigger baits, moving baits, like a, a Jinko CD20, a trimmer head, swim baits, and stuff like that. What is a trimmer head? I got to slow all y'all professional anglers down because uh, you got you to gotta dumb this thing down for people like me on here sometimes. So explain that lure to me a little bit. It's just like a scrounger. It's got a lead head with a clear bill on it and then a straight tail swim bait on it. Okay. And when you get it down there, I mean, you'll be, you can fish it. I mean, with an ounce head on it, you can fish it any depth, but you get it down there, you know, that 18 to 25, you can reel it real slow and it feels like a chatterbait down there really. I mean, you're fishing it, like, how far off the bottom are you? I kind of do. Well, when I got clients swimming, I try to explain it to them. It's kind of like throwing a rattle trap up the shallow, not in the grass, but like you're throwing it on the bank where you kind of want it to skip off the bottom. Uh-huh. It's the same kind of deal. You just want it kind of skip off the bottom, throw up a little cloud dust, and keep it coming. And keep on coming. Very cool. Do those fish suspend much there? I mean, do you ever target fish that... Say it's, you know, 30, 40 foot of water and they're suspended at 10 or 15? No. Most of the ones, like if you idle over where a school's at, and we came into that uh, scenario a couple times a day, when you idle over the fish here, and if they're not set up right, they're suspended, they're hard to get to bite. And then most of the time the fish here, if they're really inactive, they'll get off those hard spots or places the school's set up, and they'll back off, and they'll get in that timber. And when they get in that timber, I'm not saying you're not going to catch one, but you're going to put a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort into trying to catch one. Yeah. Just makes it tougher. Yeah. yeah they're, when they get out there in that mode, they're real lethargic. They've already fed. They don't really want nothing to eat. And sometimes you can drop a spoon down on them, a drop shot, bring a big spinnerbait through those trees. But it's, I'd rather move on and pull up on an active school or active little group of fish. Do you fish with spoons much? I do. I try more vertical here. Now, that big spoon, that, that's one of my favorite baits to catch them on a ledge. But here we have so much timber on our ledges. If you went out there and said you're going to throw that big magnum spoon all day, you better bring about 40 of them with you because you're going to be spending a whole lot of money and leaving a whole lot of chrome on the bottom of the lake. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, uh, we had the guy, the owner out of Missouri with Dixie Jig Company on a couple weeks ago. And uh, he just sent me a box of, of jigs, man. There's some cool looking jigs. I mean, all different sizes and shapes. And uh, and that's something I've really, really never done that much of is the jig fishing. So I might just give some of this stuff a try. But you're right. I think it's got to, I think you got to be a little, maybe a little particular what kind of area you fish it in, or, or you'll just, you'll be losing them quick as you can tie them on. Yeah, those big spoons, they, they'll hang up in about anything. Mm -hmm. so what's kind of your go-to bait right now besides the other one we just talked about 
the main two baits I'm catching them on right now is a drop shot and a big worm. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm say that on my drop shot. I mean, I'm not. I mean, you hear a bunch of people talking about drop shots. They think about little baits, little worms. I mean, I'm throwing a seven inch worm on my drop shot. I mean, it's not like I'm throwing a little bitty bait down there. Oh wow! So walk me through kind of your your setup with your drop shot. I think you know we all kind of have it in our head different, maybe different people think of a drop shot set up a little differently than others but kind of how did how did what's your basic way to set a drop shot rig up my basic one is i mean i got a shimano vanford 2500 spinning reel seven foot medium heavy zodius rod 10 pound power pro braid tied to either 10 or 12 pound fluorocarbon leader half ounce i prefer the round weight on it and then my favorite hook that I've found with it so far is a one-alt Gamakatsu finesse heavy cover hook. And then a seven-inch Robo worm. So you go braid to fluorocarbon. How long is the fluorocarbon? I normally do like four or five feet. Sometimes okay. it's a big uh, less. And then, then do you're, you're putting the weight on? Then you tie your hook you tie your hook on. I just tie a normal polymer knot, run it back through my hook eye, and then put a half ounce weight on the bottom, just a clip on weight. Oh, I got you. Just a clip on weight. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, that's a good job, man. Thank you for explaining that. Different people I know do it different ways and some of you swivels and beads and all kind of stuff. You don't fool with the beads. I don't I just straight fluorocarbon hook and then weight. And then weight, yeah. So drop shot, that's a drop shot. And then there's Carolina rig. That's where to put the beads. Right. That's where you get into bead. And I mean, I throw a three quarter ounce flat out tungsten weight on that, go to my bead, swivel, leader. And then I'm, normally when I'm throwing it right now, I'm throwing a finesse worm on it. I got you. Does color seem to matter right now in that deeper water? Some. I mean, we've been catching them with quite a few colors. Uh, we got some rain that just came in. So that might you know, stain up the water a little bit. Been catching them and water's pretty clear. It's got that good green, clear tone to it. Mm -hmm. Catch them on any natural looking colors right now. Morning Dawn's been real good. Uh, red Crawler's been real good. Just anything uh, natural and like that red or green or purple. Good, man. Awesome. Good. Well, it sounds like you're catching a lot of fish right now anyway. Oh, yeah. We're catching bunch. We It was a little slow this morning, but we've had these fronts come in and all that stuff, and they really bit yesterday afternoon. And I think they ended up pulling water about all night. So that kind of hurt the morning bite this morning. Mm -hmm. But yesterday afternoon, a four-hour trip, and we probably caught 30 in four hours. Uh, that's and awesome. Some of, that was some of that was doing electronics class, too. So, I mean, it was I mean, it was a good afternoon, but I think it hurt the morning bite this morning because of it. Yeah. It, still some good size fish? Yeah. We had probably our best five and four hours yesterday afternoon. It was probably 16 pounds. Somewhere in there. We, had, we did have a five-pounder, which helped. But overall, we pretty good size. You catch a bunch, and then you'll catch two pounder, two pounder. Then you'll you know catch a four and a half, and they're mixed in. Awesome, man. Well, I before I get you out of here, you know I got to get a tip of the day from you. So if somebody's gonna come to you fall in the next couple of days, maybe this weekend trip. Uh, what would your tip be? I you mentioned it earlier. It's trying to get into fall. If you're not real familiar with that offshore bite. I'd go look for some current somewhere up in the river. Uh, we went up there this morning. That's what we did with the frog. Went up there and found some current. And they seem to be biting a little better up there. There's a little bit more oxygen coming in, current coming down the river. Water still looks good. So my fall tip, we're moving into fall, so I'm going to go ahead and give a little fall tip. Find some moving water. Move up in the creeks as far as you can get. 
find a little bit less pressure fish out there, find a little current, and that's where you're going to be a little bit better. Good stuff, man. Well, if somebody wants to come get in the boat with you, it sounds like you're staying pretty booked up right now, so it may not be easy, guys, but give Clayton a call uh, or reach out to him, book a trip with him. Hey, and, and like you just mentioned, I don't know if y'all caught that. Y'all probably heard Clayton talk about it on here before, but the electronics class you do uh, where people are coming in and you're teaching them how to use these electronics to to the best of its capability, uh, which so many of us don't know how to do. So awesome service that you that you offer there, Clayton. What's the best way for people to contact you for either a, a fishing trip or an electronics trip? Yeah, they can just look me up, lakeyoufollowfishingguide.com, or either just give me a call, 334-310-8338. I'm also on Facebook, too, just Lake You Follow Fishing Guide, Clayton Batts. That's where all the pictures and all that gets posted if anybody's interested in seeing those. Awesome, man. Thank you, Clayton. We appreciate you, buddy, as always, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, that's another awesome report, and it was brought to you by bucks island marina at bucksislands.com you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass pontoon bow rider style boats new and used motors as well as kayaks for sale they love trade-ins which provide a steady stream of used boats they can rig your boat at their 18 bay service department or ship your new motor anywhere in the united states they provide boat service on all kinds of boats even if they weren't purchased from bucks island They have factory trained and certified technicians, so visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside, Alabama 35907, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by BM Pole Company is the leading manufacturer of crappie poles in the world today. Their product line has evolved to include top quality gear for anglers who fish for more than panfish, including their Sam Super Salt Series designed for shallow water fishing for trout and redfish. These rods will deliver everything you need to catch these inshore fish at a great price. The genuine Portuguese cork handle feels great in your hand, and the exposed blank touch system will add unbelievable sensitivity. Stainless guys are durable and flow smoothly. Check out their whole lineup at bnmpoles.com. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week. If you're enjoying the podcast, as always, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and uh, leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email it to you, we'd love to do that each and every week, too. So just text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767. And we will email you the show each and every week. Stay safe out there on the water, guys. Talk to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Sun South. If your to-do list requires work on the land, come see us at Sun South. We listen to your needs so you get the right equipment and the right implements at a price you can afford. For John Deere equipment sales, parts, and service, come see us at Sun South. Equipment for those that do. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.
and by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and, and give Norman a call. And brought to you by Photonis Defense, PD Pro Ultralight Ultra Compact Night Vision Systems. Simply the best in-class night vision system ever built. Contact us at photonistdefense.com to learn more. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.